Happy holidays, everyone, from TK's A Brigade. I am TK, your host. This week marks part two of the music series with Michael Hornbuckle. Last week, we started off with his musical career and where life has taken him. This week, we are going to wrap up his story and where he is currently with his foundation. So please turn up your radios and listen in as Michael and I talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly here on TK's A Brigade. Vince Converse, he's uh, he's kind of an influencer for you at the time in guitar. Yeah. And now you're actually working with him. And then he takes it a step further and is like, hey, come tour with me. Because mm-hmm. not to cut you off, but that has always been one of my, f- like since I was six years old. I've wanted, this sounds stupid, and some people make fun of me still today at my age, but I always have wanted to live on a tour bus and <laughs> drive around the world be in North, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina on Saturday night and totally. wake up in, you know, in Tampa, Florida two days later. Uh-huh. And you don't even know where you are. Right. And just because you're on the bus and you're just driving, but like getting off the bus, going into a venue and you see this entire uh, area and everybody's coming to see you perform. <laughs> right. I wish right? it was that glorious. <laughs> well, right. But I'm, I know there's, and that's the thing, that, that's the fantasy, right? Like that's we talked fantasy. about being the rock star and being totally. that. But when you look at the reality of, of that lifestyle, because let's be honest, bro, you walk into a venue, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, right? And you're waiting until like your call time is nine o'clock, right? So you're headlining. And there might be 10,000 people out there. And yeah, and you know what you're doing. You're, you're versed, you're talented, you're ready to go. And you get up on stage and you play your hour set. You go back to the dressing room. They're backstage, man. And they just did five shots in a row. And, you know, they've got some turmoil in their life that no, nobody knows about. And they're back there, and the facade that they put on is this, yeah, man, I'm a rock star. Yeah, I got everything together. Yeah, man, everything's going great in my life because I just played at a venue of 10,000 people and sold 200 grand in merch, and, you know, I got 30 more shows. Look at so many artists that have either taken their life or the life has taken them because that facade or that fantasy of the lifestyle, the rock style lifestyle. Personally, I think it's uh, it's a joke. Mm. Because talent alone, I don't think it's there. You said it earlier. You said you were playing seven hours a day. Mm -hmm. Because if anybody knows that plays guitar, you pick up a guitar, especially electric guitar, you get those, you know, those steel strings and you start playing for half an hour, even 10 minutes, maybe. I don't even know. And you cut your finger and it cuts deep. It hurts. So you got to work that out. So I'm loving the idea that you've been influenced by your mom and dad. Your brother and you both are like, we want to do what mom and dad does. We want to, we want to take this torch and we want to carry it. Yeah. You said your dad succumbed to cancer when you were what, 16? You said, yeah, ultimately. Okay. 16 or 17. And and you said, now was that was that a spiral moment for your life or? Um, yeah, you know, and things had already been spiraling because um, was a young bloomer like we were talking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Certain things were kind of normalized in in my family. Okay. You know, for better or worse, it just is what it is. So some things coincided as far as um, the, the self-destructive extracurricular things that, you know, you're talking about the, the industry and the and the dream in relation to what it really is, you know? Right. And it's just, it's perfectly set up for, it's just so conducive for self-destruction, <laughs> you know? And sabotage. You used that word and earlier, sabotage. sabotage. Absolutely. You know, particularly in in my dad's and the boomers uh, generation, it was encouraged, you know, to be as wild and outrageous as possible. That really started tapering off right around when I was like 
I was a little late to the game. I thought that I was doing things right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and sabotage became a thing. So around, if you want to get into that. Um, it's up to you, man. I, you know, it, it's where your journey is. Because I love I, I Well, love you that. asked a question, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and I told you nothing was off limits. And this is a big part sure. of my story. It is, it is what it is, man. It's just my story. Uh, was drugs and alcohol. <laughs> you know, so r- right around the time he, he passed, um, I was already into all the other drugs, the meth and the coke and the psychedelics, and I've been smoking cigarettes. I had a pack of cigarettes on me since I was 10 years old and all of that. And um, But the one thing I hadn't tried was heroin. And, and I, I'm not one of these people who just like by accident or happen chance was turned on to it. I sought it out. And the reason I did that was because I was in so much emotional pain um, that I remembered what it would do to my dad. And I remember how, just checked out as he was, he wasn't feeling, you know. And so I decided to set aside what it looked like when he was dope sick, which at the time I'd had no experience with. And I sat aside what it looked like when he was poor and doing what he had to do to get well. And I decided to look at temporary relief I knew it would be temporary and I knew it was going down a, a path that um, I might, might not want to be doing this type path um, but I sought it out and it did all the things for me that I was hoping for it to do primary driving force of my life was to live in that state <laughs> um, so you're like what you're saying is like the normative state or the sober state like that was second nature yeah or was the the high state the second nature to be high was more normal than oh no no doubt that that's true no doubt that's true at this point um and it it had been for a little while um life was there's not a whole lot of glamorous stories to tell from then on you know there's some some cool things that happened but did you find yourself writing lyrics more when you yeah in this in this season well i i would yeah so when i would bottom out yeah. It always made for a good song, <laughs> right? Sure. As I was coming out of it, um, sure. and I would like get my head clear a little bit and be fortunate enough to have some sort of reprieve from that lifestyle. Boy, some great songs came out of it, okay. and I would, you know, um, enjoy a little bit of drive going on for a little while, keep it together for a month or so or whatever it was. But I, I, I had trouble maintaining there. It was, too, <laughs> it was too, God, the, uh, it was too much. It was okay. too much, and and what I was doing. Um, as, as hard as it was to maintain, it's, it's what I chose, you know, and, um, it became harder and harder and almost impossible to find that relief. Um, and then life just becomes about, um, getting well. Um, and what I mean by getting well is outrunning withdrawals. And if you've been there, you know that, um, you'll do damn near anything to not experience withdrawals. And... I did damn near anything. I didn't do everything that people do, sure. um, but 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 I did a lot of things that I wouldn't have otherwise done, you know. And and it gets deeper, and you start compromising more. Of, you know, you're you just become so. I became so untrue to myself, and started accepting so many things about the lifestyle as not yet. We call them would come to pass. So that hasn't happened yes. yet. And then it happens, and you're like, ah, no big deal, you know. And you start accepting more and more about what you're sacrificing and and what my friend jock says giving away 
you know, we give it away. So many people will tell their story and, and relay it in the sense of I lost it. You know, and he's very matter of fact when he says, no, no, you son of a gun. You gave that away. Right. So implying that we have choice, which is a whole different subject matter. Right. So, sure. you know, um, and then life becomes about, you know, failing relationships, can't be present, can't be honest, lying and stealing hospitals and failing health and everything just fails. It's like a slow slow path towards God just take me already you know what I mean right. <laughs> yeah why does this have to take so long and that's no way to live man and and, and and I always knew this is no way to live I hated living like an act <sighs> did you reach a point in your life like when you were playing music and you were struggling with this addiction was there a point where you were like either I can continue doing this or did something happen to where it was just like okay direction change mm. Yeah, lots of times. Okay. okay. Lots of and times. And you would, would would you go back from those direction chains? Like, so something would happen. You're like, okay, I'm changing my life. Mm-hmm. And then you get clean for a while. And then something triggers you and you go back. And you're like, you know what? I, I missed that. I mean, did you ever miss it in, in that time? Oh, where, God, yeah. Where you get clean? Okay. God, yeah. Because I don't struggle with that aspect of, of, a, an, of an addictive mindset where I, I miss something to where I want to go back to it. What about it did you miss? Was it the actual physical hire? Was it? Was there something more yeah. deeper sinister of it? Yeah, all of it. All of it? Okay. Even the bad. You know, it becomes so romanticized and deeply ingrained in, in the, the pathways in the brain sure. that when it's not there, it's so familiar after a while. And as much as I told you earlier, like, I didn't want to be living like that. I mean that. I mean sure. that. Sure, I agree with you. Yes. Sincerely. But if you take it away from me, I don't know who I am. And I don't know how to function in this world. Um, in that capacity free and and so much of like that lifestyle is music and the people and, and and it becomes about the dregs of society and it's almost like you're living this poetic lifestyle so you start living that type of affirmation as delusional as it was I started affirming myself like that like this is the life of a true artist you know and it's such a thing that like culture perpetuate culture yes. perpetuates and like yes, they yes. put people like that on pedestals and it's a lie absolutely emphatically I agree it's such a lie because w- when you look at uh, how it destroys people's lives, right? It's interesting as I'm listening to your story, you know, I'm picturing like, uh, I say this in all intents and purposes in a, in a respectful way, but like a movie script, right? Like you start young, you're influenced young musically, but you're also influenced in this kind of a different way. And you almost couple, you know, the that drug addiction with music and then you start to grow and become successful. But you're also, you've got this other aspect of you that, you're kind of including on what you're doing. So, you know, you're backstage and, you know, a couple of people walk up and like, hey, man, can we hang out with you guys, right? And you're like, sure, why not? You know, like, cool, you know, you're not acting weird. You know, and they pull out a, a big bag of dope. And they're like, hey, we, we brought this along, you know, you guys want some? And it's like, well, why not? You know, I mean, you're offering it, it's free. I don't have to pay you for it. And, you know, it it's going to be, a, and I put this in quotations, a good time. So then you end up doing it. Well, then one day it goes into two two goes into three and then pretty soon you're like wait a minute we just that's been a week since that gig and you're it's like a repeat of the previous week a lot of times like that yeah yeah. and then the previous month Mm -hmm. and then you're like wait a minute that was a year ago we played that game what a good time huh right (laughs) and and now and now but now you're in this mindset where like the the ego because i watched egos you know i've seen some of the biggest egos on some of the most unimportant people in the world the one thing that i always correlated to with ego when it came to that was 
you know, you take the music aspect of and you're like, okay, how did I get to this point in my life? Because there's got to be some point where you're like, okay, I'm going to either just die, right? Or I'm going to consciously, like I told you with the cigarettes, like make a decision to be like, okay, I have to change the way that I look at this, the way that it's presenting itself to me. Because sabotage, bro, that word in my life, it's so prevalent because I look at success, right? Like I bragged about us sitting and talking tonight to a bunch of people. Because I was so excited, yeah, you know, I'm like, this, yeah. again, I'm not trying to sound fanboy, but it, it was such a cool idea that I get to come and talk with you and, um, and hear your story and, you know, and just know, you know, where you've been in your journey. And is Michael going to call me and be like, oh, Chad, I can't meet up tonight because this, and I'm like, it's my fault again. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to focus. And here we are. And we're talking about things that, again, I've sat in rooms with people that are multi-Grammy. Right. And I don't, I, dude, I'm the tiniest dude. I'm a big dude, but I'm the tiniest dude in the room. Right. There's 11 Grammys on the wall. They're all dusty and dirty. And the artist that won those Grammys is sitting five feet away from me. And I'm a nobody. And yet I've been there with that idea that I could be that person. But what did it take for them to get there? Right. What was their story? And so, you know, I look at your story and, and, and I'm, I'm in awe, bro. Because now, so let's fast forward a little bit. Okay. Let's get, Let's get past the uh, yeah, the struggles because couple decades, <laughs> right? Okay, so two decades, right? You've played with. Can you uh, you feel uh, comfortable dropping any names that you've played with that you love to play with over the years? Any any bands or artists? Because I know you said Johnny Winters, uh, Vince Converse. Uh, anybody else that you really enjoy playing with over the years? The the thing about it is, I didn't get an opportunity to 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 play with a lot of them as oh, okay. as much as we did shows that we were on the same bill as okay um, so like an opening like your opening a lot of open a lot of okay. opening spots okay. um so there's not a lot of those okay understood um you know um chris duarte i think vince Converse were the apex nice. you know? i love that and you're still friends with these guys today like you still play with them don't you uh vince is one of my best brothers and chris is one of the sweetest hearts of a man you'll ever meet man That's he came awesome. down and did our poker run last year i just ran into him at a gig we did together on some festival down in west cliff and just um you know he's one of them dudes where like you felt like you've known him your whole life yes um and even did some gigs. I mentioned those three guys that came out of Texas. I got to do a thing with Ian Moore on a real small like venue. It was Globe okay. Hall down there. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But didn't get an opportunity to play with them. But if I rack my brain, there's probably been some. You know, I feel like I've I've done it all, heard it all, and seen it all. But I don't remember it all. <laughs> so I think. Uh, right? Yeah. And um, I wish I had some better stories to tell about being. No, able no, to that's play good. With... I, I always use the term um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. Like, there's really good times that you remember. I don't suppress a lot of memory um, in my life, so I'm 43, and I can tell you things that happened to me when I was four. And people say, oh, well, you don't suppress two. those memories. Two? You remember from two years old? Yeah. See? So, and, and before. Really? Mm -hmm. See, and I say four, but I'm I'm sure I, I can go through the file of facts mentally Clear and day. pull it up. Right. Like, like we're sitting here talking. Mm. And my wife doesn't understand it. My best friend doesn't understand it. He's like, how do you have such a vivid memory? And it's like, you do got a great I, I memory. Know. I don't know. Uh, well, thank you. Because I don't, I don't, I just know that I can go through my mind and you give me a time and date in my life and I can be like, yep, I was doing that or mm. I was living here, I was doing that. I tell people, is the good memories, um, 
just like the good memories, I don't suppress the bad memories. Mm-hmm. So I can, <laughs> you know, go in my mind. So I heard that. You know, you said a couple of decades. So you went through a couple of decades of struggle. Mm. Okay. And and I think beforehand, uh, before we started talking, you had said that you're seven years clean? Yeah, seven and a half years clean and sober. Okay. So seven years ago, you finally made a decision like this. I'm done with this. I, I, I'm, I don't want to die. I have too much to live for. Uh, what, what really, what happened there? The best way I can describe it, man, is, is an upward spiral. So like throughout all that time, I never stopped trying, you know, like I, I, I just, people talk about the bottom, their sure. bottom. I just talk about the bottom as a place, man. And then and, and I would bottom out and try again and man as hard as it was and as it becomes harder try again and try again and man one time I started to get it a little bit and and I was in Los Angeles and I had gone out there for another rehab and ended up staying out there and at first relapsed and and and, and it became just another part of the cycle and then man I without going into the whole story I kept it together for a little while and um had a good life. Um, did some cool things, and all the things they said would happen if I lived a life of recovery started happening, you know. And um, cool things started to come to pass, and I thought, yeah. man, life is worth living sure. on this side. Long story short, I would have to try again. Just when you think it can't get any worse, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that was seven and a half years ago, where um, um, I tried again. I don't know what's different, man. I just got really tired and um, sick of, I don't know, a lot of me was learning too along the way, you know? Like I look back at my old self and I think, man, you didn't have a chance. Like there's, <laughs> you were so lost and there was so much BS and delusion you were feeding yourself and, and buying into. You didn't really have a chance. God bless you. I think about that person, man, and I mourn for him. You know, I really do. Sure. Um, but something was growing up inside of me. Okay. I started to want more for myself and I think equally, if not more importantly, the people around me. Because that's important, having people around you. I mean, It's the only reason that I had made it that long and, and um, um, that and a whole lot of prayers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> think what you want of that. Um, I'm a firm believer in there was something looking out for my Kumba. Yeah, come on. So I think I had done such a disservice to the people and created such a sense of helplessness in them that I really owed it to them. That was enough to get me started. It's like I owe this to them, even though I might not have like, I was starting to believe in myself and starting to think that like I deserve something better. But mainly it was just like, I'm going to pay these people back. I'm going to show them they're going to be proud of me. You know, that word right there. What you just said, you want them, or you wanted them to be proud of you. Painfully. And I'm sorry for cutting you Mm -hmm. off. I just, when you say that, that it's, it's like, um, it's like that, you know, finale at a show, right? Because that affirmation, we seek that affirmation from our parents. We seek it from our friends. We seek it from fans, right? I mean, I'm I'm sure that you've probably dealt with it more than a lot of people. Uh, And it's interesting because when I hear that term, you want people to be proud of you. You want that support. You know, I, I, I say this often is, is that one, one way 
that I used to, it used to be like metaphorically pinching myself to know that I was still alive was the look of disappointment in people's eyes looking back at me and let down. Um, after a while, uh, you know, the normal Joe at the bar, I didn't care about you, you know, um, but the look of disappointment in the people that love me, like my mom and my brother and on down the list, man. It was unbearable, <laughs> you know, so hence why we like avoid these, avoid these like family functions and stuff like that. Cause right, cause we might have to like realistically start looking at ourselves and we don't want to do that sometimes. I haven't seen that looking back at me in seven and a half years, man. Not once, not a piece of it. Um, wow. I've, I've seen the antithesis of that is, is that, that way to go kid. Yeah. We knew it was in you. Right. <sighs> And now you got to keep it going, right? I mean, now, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, now it's like... One day at a time, yes. Right. Yeah. Sometimes in one minute, can we be honest? Like, sometimes right. it's like that, that grind will get to you, right? You betcha, yeah. It's like that fade, but it still kind of pokes you, right? There's there's, there's still moments where it's just me and God. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still beyond human repair, man. <laughs> and, and um, yes, moment to moment sometimes... Um, you know, it's it's not my fault, you know, that sure. the, the, the addiction and stuff like that is 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 part of me, but it's my responsibility to like pick up my bloody cross and start carrying it. You know, it's like nobody's fault that I'm like this. It's nobody's fault that I made these choices. You know, and after a while, it's like, okay, what are you gonna do about it now? And and um. You know, so there's, that's multi-dimensional. There's spiritual aspect, there's real practical aspects, and they're all wrapped up, you know, and um, we start looking at the body, mind, and soul and, and figuring out, like, how how do I live a life now free of what I know so well? Um, and so we get around people that know how to do it, and that's why we stick together so tight, you know, for a group of people that naturally feel... Uh, like outsiders, like aliens. <laughs> you know, we often refer to normal people as Earth people. You know, so that's sure. we we become a tight, tight knit group of people, and it becomes a we thing. But no doubt, there's moments where that you still find yourself in the foxhole without the drugs and the alcohol, saying, "God, come on now, I need you, please." Yes, daily. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. So I think we're the same age, but you might be a little bit older. How old are you? I'm I'm 43. <laughs> oh, really? Are you really 43? Yeah. Oh wow, we're the same age. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Okay, 43, man. And 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 you're uh, you're in a season of your life of uh, like you said uh, a little while ago, just blessing because we're sitting Whew. here and foundation. Crazy. Did you ever think um, 10 years ago that no. you'd be sitting in a conference room with your name on the wall <laughs> no. that said foundation underneath? No, no. I no. mean, I used to rehearse like my my. Uh, <laughs> I used to picture myself on like the Letterman show, right? Okay. And like Leno and shows like that. Sure. That's where my head was at. Okay. Like if I ever get my act together, man, I'll I'll, I'll be up there playing on those shows. Sure. And I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I thought like if ever I could get like a year of recovery under my belt, there was going to be some parade and like the world was going to stop. It was going to be such a big deal. Under a lot, a lot of delusion. This this was not on the radar. Okay. <laughs> but I did have experience with and I knew it was going to have to be a part of my life of service. And sure. and being such a a me monster type 
selfish individual. I knew I was gonna have to like have contrary action for that be a huge part of my life. And I didn't know what that was gonna look like. But um, this is this is kind of what it looks like on the outside. Is where you're sitting is um, the place where we kind of call headquarters, where we're able to take part in a lot of people's journey, um, who are where I was, and um, it's been it's been amazing. <laughs> I mean, this place looks amazing, bro. I mean, from where you were and the things that you've gone through. And when I first got here, I asked you about the mission statement, and you said, "Yeah, Trav, it's on the banner behind you." I love it, and I, if you're okay, I'd like to read it of um, real quick yeah. because, you know, honestly, um, I'm going to take the mic over here. All right, I'm going to read this. It says, The mission of the Hornbuckle Foundation is to provide hope and support to people suffering from substance use disorder by assisting them in finding tools and resources to transition into productive and positive members of society. It also looks like you guys offer scholarships for people to get educated, which is very important because when you're educated, then life can be a little simpler. So go to the michaelhornbucklefoundation.org to learn more about this amazing foundation. Now, a personal experience for myself, you know, I have family that deals with addiction. In fact, I was telling my brother, right? Um, my guitarist uh, in my band, he was, uh, yeah, he died in 15. Um, sorry. Yeah. He didn't die from addiction, but he was, uh, um, at, at a season in his life, he was a raging uh, coke addict and a drunk. And um, so I, I firsthand. Um, but more importantly, the fact that you're, you're not just some rich corporate, um, you know, Harvard grad. I mean, maybe you did go to Harvard, but... Um, I did. I did not. Okay. <laughs> but you, you, you can sit here and you can say, I've been there. Yeah. I've experienced that. I know what you're feeling and what you're going through. And and because when people try to, you know, somebody that has, you know, deep pockets and they, they want to step into a role of, of uh, helping somebody, and, and but they have no experience in that role. Absolutely. It, to me, it's really shallow or it's, it's, there's, there's no depth. But when you can say, hey, bro, I've, I've been in the corner. I've been dope sick. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been, I've done pretty much, you know, yeah. most anything to get a fix. Yeah. And here I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is so inspiring, Michael. I'm telling you, bro. And do you go by Michael? I, yeah, I've man. always wanted, yeah. I, I mean, so like Michael Malone from the Nuggets. Yeah. If you call him Mike, he'll, he'll beat you up. So I didn't know, he I didn't like it. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. You know, it's inspiring and it's, um, I love it, man. I, I am so excited to just continue to understand and how everything works. And I would love to come and volunteer sometime or be a part of it and support what you guys are doing here. Bro, again, when you see it firsthand uh, and you deal with it firsthand, it's a lot different than looking on it from, you know, a distance and going, oh, well, you know. No doubt. That's part of the cool thing, man, is, is there seems to be this infectious vibe of people like want to be involved, you know, sure. and they're like, how can I get involved? And this, doing this, it gives, what do I want to say, meaning to all the suffering. When we're working with these people, it's like we know of where we speak. And the thing about addicts is, man, they can sniff out BS, you know. And yes. it's the same thing with, like, guys that have done hard time. Like, I yes. wouldn't work with them. Right. Because I'm not going to tell them my little county jail time it gives me the experience to, like, be the one they're looking for, right? Right, right. Um, that being said, those, I have 
relationships with guys like that. And sometimes it just is, is the right fit. But knowing your lane um, and the thing about this foundation, man, is it's, it's really so much bigger than me. It's not about me anymore. My name's on the deal. I still have a role with it. But there's so many facets and people, man. One of the coolest things that's come to pass in this in this new life, I just called a new life. Um, Great is, way to look at it like that. Is the people that I've that I've got to cross paths with and and share space with. Everyone from my wife and kids to my club brothers to the people I work with, um, amazing. You know, it's it's amazing, and and um, they're all a part of it. They're all yeah. a part of this foundation, man. And and um, there's so many cool leaders that are a part of it because I don't know how to like to get something like this to this level by myself. I don't know anything about that, <laughs> you know. But I do know how to like surround myself with with the best. Part of what I really try to practice in recovery is getting out of my own way. And, and that seems to be a pretty good way to lead in this thing is, is let people, let the other people do what they're really good at and get out of their way too. Mm. You know, and, and uh, don't micromanage. We stay, we say stay right sized, you know? So like humility is, is always an aim and a goal of mine that I, I try not to fall short of, but just try to run a principled organization that, that fulfills that mission that you read. Um, to the best of its ability and not ever lose sight of that and never you know whew. yeah never lose sight of that mission is what i want to say it's awesome bro have you uh continued to do music full-time as well no. as the foundation or Mm-mm. are you more focused on the foundation so that perspective we were talking about on rock and roll we'll just call it rock and roll the rock and sure. roll fantasy sure has shifted for me Okay. And I didn't think that that would ever happen. You know, I thought music is what I'm here to do, and that's my purpose, and that's my identity. Um, you add a wife and a kids into the deal, and it shakes it up a little. Absolutely. Bit. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm gonna be good at those other things, mm. or present, or learn how to be better at those other things, I couldn't give 100% to music. Sure. And I was willing to sacrifice that. I didn't know that at the time that I was willing to do that. Sure. But over time, you see it kind of drop on the lower on the totem pole. I'm okay with that. Um, I still play. I released a couple singles this year, but that's about it. You know, like the chase and the dream thing, that's gone. Been a load off, I tell you what. Sure. <laughs> it's been a load off. Not only that, but, you know, just like society in general, it just permeates everything. has become so watered down. You know, like it's not what it used to be. Right. It's just not what it used to be. And um, I don't want to participate in it too much. This seems to fulfill this foundation and, and what we're doing recovery wise. And the answer to your question is yes, I'm more focused on this. My friend Tom always used to say that I could live without happiness, but I can't live without meaning. And, and I always got that like intuitively. I understood that. That's a great quote. I liked it. And this place seems to fulfill that purpose and the kids trying to be the best role model and, and, and participant in their life seems to fulfill that trying to be the best husband and protector and provider and and teammate you know because we team up we team up on that stuff you know sarah man she's she's a she, she <laughs> she's a strong personality and uh she's she's gonna be involved as much Absolutely. you know so it's been a really awesome journey man and i try to protect that every day by prioritizing that i'm a man in recovery first and i and i need to handle that however that looks during that day 
or else everything else becomes second class once uh, I start entertaining the idea of the other, you know? Yeah, I do. I, and, you know, it's interesting, too. You bring up family and, and you just, you know, we're talking about, you know, from the beginning of your life, you know, as far as music and influence and stuff. And now you're in that role to be in the influencer. And you realize from what I'm hearing from you that the most important thing for you is to, to be in a role where, you know, people look at you and they say, hey, good job. Hey, versus, oh, you're the best guitarist in the world. Yeah. Oh, you're the, you're the greatest musician to ever play the instrument. Versus, hey, you're a great dad. You're a great husband. I want people to say, I can count on that guy. Right. That guy is a man of his word. If he says he's going to do something, he does it. He's honest, he's got integrity, and he's uh, he's a good dad. Sometimes when you hear that, I get to hear that periodically, you know. Oh, man, come on now. Right. Come on. Um, you're a good man. You know, just, I mean, I got club brothers that reaffirm that to me all the time. That um, You know, they build me up, man. They pick me up, and um, my wife, and I just surround myself with people that, like, um, that's what we're here to do for each other. Absolutely. That's that's way bigger than like <laughs> man, you you sound like Steve Rabel, <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. Sure. There was sure. a time and a place for that and it served its purpose, man, but uh, I don't want to say that I've grown up or matured. Maybe I have a little bit, but I don't want to too much, you know. Sure, sure. You yeah, you don't want to let go of that. I want to be able, I want to be able to handle responsibility though. I want to be able to be someone that can be counted on, which is what they were looking for early on in, 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 in opportunities that were blown, you know? Sure. This guy can't handle it, you know? Can't handle it. And we can't take the chance. Oh, man. I don't want to be that dude. Right. You want to be, you want people to be able to rely on you, and, and that's good. I mean, that's that's a pillar, so. Do you have any uh, big events coming up for the foundation? Well, um, we do um, some fundraiser events that, um, a couple of them just came to pass. One is we do a big motorcycle poker run. Um, everybody gets together and goes to five different stops and picks up a poker card. And at the end, you present your hand, and there's prizes for best hand, worst hand, and et cetera, et cetera. If you're not familiar with what a poker run is, it's become kind of a big recovery event. We just did the eighth annual in September. And we generally end up at Dirty Dogs where there's a big band, a big blowout. There's all kinds of vendors, and we just have a rip-roaring good time, you know. And we do that. Sarah started throwing a carnival. We do a carnival every year. This is generally during the summer. So during the winter months, I'm not exactly sure what's booked right now to, to answer your question. Is sure. We'll probably throw together another comedy show, which last year, I think around this time, I whatever month it was, maybe it was later in the fall. The days are running together, so yeah. I got bad time perception. My memory is not like <laughs> yours, man. But um, like last year, man, we threw this awesome comedy show, man. I had okay. like, these five. I had Josh Blue there. Oh, you know? I love that guy. It was so cool. Um, what else did we do? Whatever. We try to have some fun with these fundraisers, you know. Sure, sure. Because it can't always be serious. There's got to be a little relief in, in the seriousness of it, right? Because we try to we try to um, create things for everybody, you know. Sure. We, we do we go do our bar biker rock and roll thing we've got the carnival for families and stuff and different sure. organizations and then you know if you want to come let loose and laugh and stuff during the comedy show what else do we do um, i know i'm missing something but if you keep an eye on we're on all over the social media stuff under hornbuckle foundation on facebook and instagram and even twitter i think but um hornbucklefoundation.org is also where we keep all that information so, in, you know, there's there's an opportunity, there's pages on there to get involved, um, to be a part of this. 
So if people are interested, man, jump on hornbuckfoundation.org. Or if you're more of a Facebook person, you can message us, man. We got people that answer phone calls and messages and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, man, you're pretty accessible. That's awesome. Well, brother, I have truly enjoyed this conversation tonight. Me too, man. Me too. Uh, I really I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> I really enjoyed myself. And, and uh, you know, um, you know, the distance between us, I say the proverbial us, is... is that far you know like the way our paths come to cross and you know once we kind of hold people in a reverie and then we find ourselves sitting together it's just like we're just there's no distance between us you know yeah, yeah. those are cool things sure those are cool things not to be like overlooked how i cross paths with vince and a hundred other stories about stuff like that and I, I'm, I'm happy to hear you acknowledge that and you know, maybe we manifested it. Maybe um, it was preordained. Whatever, however it happened, being able to be present and, and have these conversations with you, man, because I enjoyed our conversations prior to this, too. Sure. You know, this yeah, me too. It's been a real enjoyable experience. So Absolutely. Thank you, man, for uh, keeping me in mind and thinking that um, I might be worth talking to. Oh, and and um, thank you for being a friend of my cousin. Yeah, man. Thanks for for being a friend of my wife. Thanks for yeah. thanks for just being you, man. I appreciate you very much. I appreciate you too. I think we're out of time tonight, man. So um, you've been listening to TK's A Brigade with my special guest Michael Hornbuckle. Check out his uh, foundation, the HornbuckleFoundation.org, or you can find all the information you need and want to know there about recovery and everything that goes along with it. Again, Michael, thank you for your time and your story, your heart, brother. I truly am amazed and uh, in awe. You can find the podcast on every major platform, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, Anchor, as well as Apple Radio. Go like, subscribe, leave a comment or a question. We would love your feedback. Next week, we're going to sit down with Toddy Funk, formerly of Toby Mac and Diver City. We're going to talk about his music journey and his career and where he's currently at today. So please stay tuned for that. You have been listening to TK's A Brigade. Until next time, people, take it easy.